0: It is 10 minutes after five o'clock and we're having a conversation around land, the focus being land being owned by foreign nationals. This is part A of the conversation. We'll have part B of the conversation next week. This afternoon, we're joined by Dr. Job Shibulolo Amubanda, who is an activist in political science, a senior lecturer at the University of Namibia. So the recent landing of the UAE president, Sheikh Mohammed bin Zayed Al-Nyan, with an entourage of over 500 people in the Eastern Cape has not only caused outrage, but also started a conversation about land ownership by foreigners in South Africa. Former Public Protector advocate tulima Dantella said in a Twitter Spaces um, that was held by her foundation that she does not think foreigners should own land in South Africa. Many um, African countries allow for foreigners to own both land and property, but some only limit it to leasing for investment purposes over a period of time. What does land ownership by foreigners look like in Namibia and are there lessons for South Africa? Let's first start the conversation by listening into what advocate Tulima Donzella had said and also that there should be a moratorium on the ownership of land by foreign nationals.
1: I wish we had never entered the debate on expropriation without compensation because what it has done, it has encourage land owners to sell to foreigners. We're just speaking about a, beach, a a jet that landed in the Eastern Cape with 500 people. That land is foreign owned, not by a person. It's owned by a state entity in, in the Emirates. So we don't know how, how many other countries are now owning land in our country. Not individual. But a lot of these are being sold to big multinational corporations which means by the time you sign off on your expropriation without compensation law or the constitution a lot of the people you will have to fight against will be foreign countries and, Mm -hmm. and big multinational corporations. It could take years to expropriate successfully one piece of land. Excuse me. My own take of of the land question is that it's been a case of uh, Proverbs 29, I think, verse 18, if I'm not mistaken, where there's no vision, people perish. So expropriation without compensation is not your answer. A vision driven um, approach to land redistribution should be your answer. And that vision-driven should include the right to equality, which is the right there in Section 9. And Section 25 says equitable access to land, which means the Constitution is talking about if you're looking at the population of South Africa, it's wrong that you have the Africans only owning 4.5% of the surface area of South Africa when they are more than 80% of the population. I mean, the Coloureds also don't own much and so do the Indians. So you're talking about The ultimate solution should be a land that is really equitably distributed. So part of the solution could be a moratorium on selling land to foreigners, which hasn't been done. uh, And I don't know why it hasn't been done.
0: And that's the conversation that we're having this afternoon. Dr. Amu now joining us on the line, activist and political science senior lecturer at the University of Namibia. Um, Doc, good afternoon and thank you so much for making time for us.
2: Good afternoon, Adrian, and to you and your listeners. So I'm not sure whether I'm audible enough. Can you hear me?
0: Yes, we can. You, you, we can hear you clearly. Let's start with the conversation around what's currently happening in Namibia, because there have been some organisations as well in the country who have called for an outright ban on foreign on foreigners owning land.
2: Yeah, I'm not sure whether it will be quite helpful to to start there mm-hmm. without giving. Uh, uh, a proper context of what is happening and so it is easier to to make commentary and participate in a discussion that involves south africa because uh for all and purposes the apartheid machinery that operated both in south africa and namibia implemented settler colonialism from the germans colonialism as you would know after the the uh we, we were first a german colony from from the berlin conference in 1884 and we became a, a colony of south africa in 1915 uh, with the union of south, south africa so it is important to emphasise the uniqueness of settler colonialism in africa what 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 does it mean and what implication did it have in terms of land ownership it basically means you had dispossession dispossession not only from the perspective of conflict but also dispossession in terms of colonial and state policy and instrument the Bantu stands, the township uh, economy and all those things so you had to remove and dispossess somebody and it's not just about property like how we are interpreting it now when you dispossess somebody you remove them from you alienate them from the land you introduce them to something that is new for instance if you, if you are living in an area where you are uh, Africans are subsistence farmers. They, they produce their own food. You know, they are kind of self-sufficient in terms of their the organizing principle, the organizing economic principles of the African traditional society. It basically me- meant that you are producing your own eggs yeah, from your chicken. But immediately when you could no longer live and have that land, you are now living in town, bid in township. You would have to live by bylaws and all those other things. So the dispossession, not only of land but also of livelihood okay so that's the history of settler colonialism so to repudiate to change that the struggle when people say the struggle was for land it is basically to change the tables who was god becomes dog and who was dog becomes god and of course that also had implication of its own uh, because of the real geopolitical realities to say that you no longer live in a luxuries where you can just say the whites must go away that we're going to have a new world. It required innovative and strategic thinkers and minds to be able to answer what you guys in South Africa also called during the struggle the national question. What does the national question entails? It's not just the so-called national democratic revolution, transfer of power from the minority to the majority, but it also meant dealing with issues with powers in all its manifestation that includes the, includes the economic power and social dynamics and the consequences thereof. So, Firstly, to answer your question, is that there has been a failure of imagination. What is that imagination? The imagination of the new world in a post-colonial context. That is why Mbebe and others speak about the post-colony. Yeah? So we have not actually transcended and to create about a new society. It's just you change the jacket from one person to the other, but it's still the same jacket, you see? So the land question have never been dealt with Strategically, in terms of reshaping the society, it has remained an emotive society. That is why, in settler colonialism, the settlers have even gotten confidence, and they actually enter debates, and sometimes they win, and they say, "No, you, this land does not belong to you. It belongs to uh, <laughs> to the sun. You even dispossess the sun. Therefore, I'm I just dispossessed you as a black person, the same yeah. way you dispossess the sun." So in other words, the fight between the siblings, you say you also took from your brother, therefore, because you took from your brother, I, as an outsider, can equally take from you. You see, that's how weak we have become in terms of in being being unable to deal, to deal with that. But you perhaps want to actually understand the context of a Namibian question. Yeah. What is actually happening? Our situation is worse than the, the South African situation. Even as activists, we struggle. You guys in your constitution, you, for, you, you for instance, have a right to housing like you could literally take government to court uh, for housing purposes, yeah? Of course, they, the government will argue about progressive re- realization of those set targets. But us, we don't have the right to housing, for instance, in the constitution that is enshrined. Now, our constitution, which, by the way, uh, I remember the late Speaker of Parliament and in, in at one point one point uh, Prime Minister of Namibia, the late Theobin Gurirab, told me that after they've done drafting the Namibian constitution, they gave the text and the document and all those things to Tabo Beki as part of their process of constitutionalism. You must remember that we got independence in 1989, 1990, when the ANC were just being unbent. Swapo and the ANC have that historic relationship. So they actually shared and gave each other the material that was used in constitution making in namibia yeah. what does it mean it basically means that if they, the our constitution was a sellout constitution because they were sharing materials of failure they were sharing the, the same historical context and the formula that were de- devised we are also not saying that this 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 thing was uh, is exactly the same but you see the resemblance of the south african constitution to the namibian constitution our constitution for instance says all people all people have a right to acquire prop to acquire and dispose of property
0: irrespective Again, if they are foreign or or, or, or from the country no Citizens no the framing
2: the is that it says all people it includes yourself Jacob Zuma and Donald Trump mm. all people in other words everybody on Earth all people have right to acquire property so you would you would know that the constitution, the the, the the constitution of Namibia was not necessarily drafted by Namibians on their own. In the United Nations sends what is called the Western Contact Group, uh, five Western countries that came to assist in this process of uh, Resolution four thirty five, to oversee the drafting of the constitution, to oversee the election and all those yep. things. So, but it goes further and say, but Parliament, by way of a legislation, can prohibit or regulate, two things. There is a, they can prohibit or regulate the ownership of land by foreign nationals. In other words, people who are not Namibian. Yeah. So I'm not sure the text in Namibia, in, in South Africa, what, what, does it, what, what it says. Where we are proceeding from in Namibia is that there is a constitutional promise. It's just that they've never kept this promise over the past 33 years of flag independence. So we as activists have actually drafted a bill. Uh, the bill that 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 seeks to regulate. So we drafted it with the clauses, with definition and everything. We had a match and we submitted it to Parliament. And Parliament is now busy with a committee to report back to it to, to, uh, refers it to yeah. a committee on natural resources. Yeah. So we actually have taken up that constitutional promise because it's a dangerous thing. In countries such as Dubai and other places, you guys have a very interesting uh, scandal people uh, one of your producers when they were speaking to me they were telling me about these men from the Middle East who came here uh, and, and he landed with his uh, entourage and everybody yes, including engineers yeah. to fix his cars and people to make coffee for him and all those things so <laughs> which is a very it's a very big scandal but it's not surprising so I'm actually wondering why are South Africans saying this is a trigger event. It's not a trigger event. You guys had the the Indians that landed at, at, at your airport there. Hmm. You know, it's a it's a it's, it's a it's a, it's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's rather unfortunate in my view that South Africans think what has happened is a trigger hmm. event. But but that's what happens, isn't it? That's yeah. what basically happened. So, so. What is what is a Western Cape when they say? Uh, I remember the the, the the there was at one point because our activism is also channelled towards housing and access to housing. Cape Town has the one of the highest house prices in the whole world. Why? Have you ever taken, taken time and said how many properties in South Africa
1: mm.
2: are owned by, in, not in South Africa, but just in Cape Town, in the Western Cape, for instance, how many of them? That's yeah. why you would go to some, you would probably go to a street or a block of flats and you would actually discover that it's quiet, there's only security guards there.
0: Yeah, and that's one of the people issues in that Europe have been raised before. That uh, some yeah. of the properties, because when they are owned by foreign nationals, are underutilized. That's an issue that um, that's being dealt with now in London as well. Um, back in 2005, uh, 2006 actually, there was a report that was commissioned by the Department of um, Agriculture and Land Affairs here in South Africa. And Professor Guto was chairing that uh, panel. And in that report, they also say that there should be a moratorium on the foreign ownership of land in the country but the argument and the pushback from the likes of the democratic alliance was that it's not true that foreign owned land or land or property being owned by foreign nationals actually leads to an increase in the price of on the price of property and therefore excluding the majority which in this country is black and poor
2: no what 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 the Democratic Alliance and the the liberal and white media in South Africa have managed to do successfully. And remember, we take interest uh, in South Africa because, I mean, South Africa is our largest trading partners. Our roads, we we, we constantly have to repair our roads because your trucks are always in Namibia. We have pick and pay, we have shop ride, and all your shops uh, in in our country. But of course, uh, the fortunate thing is that we actually believe in Pan-Africanism. We don't stone your trucks so we don't kill South Africans <laughs> and all those things that happens in there. But, but this is a point I'm trying to make. You guys will reach the stage where we are. Mm. Now, you know, Adrian, that one hectare of land equals to one football stadium. Are we together? Yeah. Now, in Namibia, the amount of land, we're not talking about whites. Ne? We are talking about the amount of land that is owned by foreign nationals. In Namibia, is 1.2 million hectares. What does it mean, Adrian? It means in Namibia, there is an equivalence of 1.2 million football sem- um, uh, stadium. stadiums. Hmm. One point, yes, 1.2 million FNB stadium that is owned by foreign nationals in terms of ownership. That's what we are talking about. In fact, you are going to find this problem because the ownership of for, by foreign nationals will start increasing and start increasing and start increasing to an extent that the Afrikaners that own land, the ownership of farms and things by, by Afrikaners would even become um, irrelevant. Yeah. Quantitatively. So that's, going, that's a problem. You might not have that problem now, but that's what we are actually talking. We are talking about farms. The amount of farms that are not properties, adrian just farms that are owned by foreign is 1.2 million hectares yeah. in namibia so Do, so that is Doc, much let me, of that is hepatitis-
0: yeah let's let's just quickly go to the lines unfortunately doctor because we're running out of time here but i've got some people who are holding on um let's quickly go to anonymous uh, sorry it's thomas who's joining us from east london thomas please uh, be brief as possible good afternoon
3: afternoon Andrew. how are you good good thomas uh, good afternoon, also to the Professor uh, from Namibia. Uh, Andre. Good afternoon. Good afternoon. afternoon. How are you? In, in South Africa before 1994, according to my knowledge and my experience, there was no one that owned the land, because they used to have a disease in the five years, six years, and 99 years. Only after 1994, we were issued with uh, but now we are crying that uh, that people have stolen our lands. And then when you look, if 1994 or 1995, there was a survey going around those farms to see those farmers what the leaves are saying. Some were already ready to expire, but because we didn't do that, we 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 only waited We, 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 we then the target. The okay. The certificates. The, the they were holding. They were only for for me.
0: All right. thank you so much for that contribution thomas quickly some voice notes zero six one four one zero four one zero
4: seven well another issue that um, i believe we as south africans are avoiding is the fact that our government is unable to come up with proper working policies if we had policies that would guide uh, those foreign buyers um, whether you can make it you can you can make it a little bit stringent you can make it a little bit harder so that they will know their investment is worth something so that it can also benefit us as south africans remember if someone buys a property and there's a law that says you need to be able to employ or that particular property needs to be able to do so much or one two three for this country then that law you make it in such a way that it protects you as a south african whether expensive or not, you still need to find a way for that property or that ownership to give back.
5: Look, when South Africa got independent, people were so excited and they did not understand the implication of many things in the Constitution. South Africa cannot belong to everybody who live in it. South Africa should belong in belong to the South Africans and they still have some generation to come. You can't finish all deplete all the resources, feeding everybody in the world. Because you, you your constitution is seen to be more democratic. We need to have a reserve for space, for places and it, and 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 also for many resources like money, to send our own children to school, to s- develop our own future. And land is the most important one. Foreigners should not own land in the country. Education and resources, we should educate our own people first, grants and everything. Some countries go a step further that the first generation of foreigners or second generation cannot vote or stand for elections. Golden blue one.
0: Okay, Dr. Amupanda, uh, just quick um, closing remarks from, from your end. Did we lose? Okay, shucks, we seem to have lost him. So we're going to try and see if we can bring him back just after, may, maybe just after sport so that we can get some closing remarks from his end and also what his suggestion is when it comes to, because currently you're sitting with a situation where there is actually land that is owned by foreign nationals. And according to that report that I was referencing a bit earlier on from uh, Professor uh, Shadrakuto, who that was commissioned by the Minister of Agriculture and Land Land Affairs back in 2006. It says, and this is now back in 2006, the report found that roughly 1.5% to 2% of land is owned by foreign individuals, not necessarily corporate entities. So perhaps the number of foreign people who own land has increased since then, also considering that you have the leader of the UAE who recently bought um, land in the Eastern Cape as well. So what do you do with those people who already own that land? Do you then say you expropriate the land um, with the purpose of compensating them for the land that has already been bought, or is it a case of you continue with the foreign owners um, who currently have land, people who, for, foreigners who currently own land in South Africa um, and perhaps even in Namibia, and then post um, the legislation being put into place and uh, being assented by the, by the president, Post that, um, no foreign national should then be allowed to buy land. Going forward, those who already own land, they be allowed to continue owing the land. And when they sell that land, that land must actually be sold to a South African or to a Namibian. It's a minute after half past five. Across South Africa, online and on radio. SAFM, let's talk.
4: After an Adrian of FM listeners, Aldrin, the land that was uh, uh, bought after 1994 was fraudulently bought because all land that was in the hands of the apartheid uh, uh, stooges or whoever then was leased out. So whoever sold the land, I think sold that fraudulently because no one owns land pre-1994. Zee from Lufantaine.
5: Hi Adrian. I agree with the guy, this country is going. Uh, black people of South Africa won't have a land. And this is part two of Jan Van Riebeek. I'm telling you, ANC has sell our land. That it's a reality. So
0: Okay, Dr. Amu Banda now joining us on the line, activist and political science senior lecturer at the University of Namibia. Doc, thank you so much for coming back. Um, just quickly before we get to the closing remarks is how do you approach the conversation around um, land ownership of foreign nationals without the conversation around the property rights which is then linked to um, the economy? Uh, but the in, in the literature, there's, there's what we call false
3: consciousness. So in other words, it is consciousness but it's false. So you must have an appreciation that there might actually be a belief into something or about something, but that is inherently false. You know? believing in an idea and it is normalized and it just became becomes logical. It becomes even it even enters an area of rationality. Now for for example for example, it's land a property. Yeah? Mm. when you have to ask that question. Okay, the, the, the obvious answer would be, yes, I own land, I own, you know, for example. That's why we also challenge these people when they are saying, no, we cannot allow people to grab land. Even the media, they use that term called land grab. I'm sure there's even a conference that I was invited to in South Africa. It was about land grab. But Adrian, mm. can you grab the land? Is no, it, possible? it, it, it remains there. The land? Yeah, it's an immovable. Uh,
0: mm.
3: Like you, you, How do you, for instance, say something as grab land the same way as in the same way? Like a smash, a smash and
0: grab. For instance, we know about smash and grab when we speak about cars, uh, but is it possible yes. really when it comes to land?
3: Yes. So, for instance, when you say, when you say uh, in the in the news bulletin, uh, the news bulletin would say uh, there was a crime committed uh, in Cape Cape Town. There was a grab of the handbag and, and things like that. And immediately after that, then they would say 200 people grabbed the land or attempted to grab the land. It, so you, you could see the idea of land as property is alien to the Africans because land could not be bought, nor sold. I'm sure even now in the, I'm not, the, 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 in the Namibian context, in the rural uh, areas of Namibia, you, you, you can have land that belonged to your father, to your grandfather, but if you don't work the land, it will be taken from you. In fact, even in terms of our customary law now, is that it is actually lawful to say, if you had land for three, mm. three years and you have not produced, you have not worked the land because we, we, we do a lot of crop production. Mm. If you have not done that, what effectively is going to happen, the headman has the right to repossess that land. That's what we are talking about. You can have possession of the land, but you cannot grab it. Yeah. Yeah. So, 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 so. First of all, what we need to to demystify this narrative because once you endorse that narrative, it 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 places you in a very peculiar position to accept that uh, land is property. When you when you when you proceed from that standpoint of land as property, it, that is why uh, European and settlers argue that no. Uh, property market, the investment and in the economy and things mm. like that. You see, land is everything to the Africans. You are born, you come from the land, and you go back to the land. Yeah. So you see, even you, you, and there are some places with sentimental value. You would say that no, my grandfather was born. We didn't go to the hospital, so uh, the umbilical cord of my yes. grandfather yes. was buried just below that tree. You understand? Yeah. That's what pro- property that you are talking about. You are talking about spirituality. So the first thing that we need to be able to address is that, are we going to talk about land in the context of property? Or are we going to come and say, let's find the middle way? Of course, we accept that the, the property, the, the John Locke liberty and property narratives uh, have captivated us of course we are not going to say we are going back to the stone age yeah we we, we, even even our people who were in the stone age they were changing with the passage of time i mean you you, you keep evolving it's not the the idea when Mm. people say yeah you must go back to wear animal skin no who knows that the genes were probably going to be invented by the africans so all i'm saying is that first we must be able to deal with that you okay because once you once you again once you start dealing with the land from a property perspective i doubt whether you are going to be successful
0: okay doc do- quickly then from the proposal that you, uh, you and fellow activists in Namibia have made how then do you deal with the aspect where land is already owned by foreign nationals what happens to that piece of land under this uh, bill that you are proposing
3: so i wish i could i could have uh, uh, got an opportunity to share it with you perhaps through your producer then you can mm. get it when you have further discussion in fact we, we consider the status quo and we also consider the future. Yeah. Now, in the considering of, consideration of the status quo, because remember I indicated to you that 1.2 million hectares of Namibian land is in the hands of foreigners. Yeah. So we say, okay, in cases, uh, it's, in other words, we make provision for some transitional clauses. In cases where land is already owned uh, by, by foreign nationals before the bill come into, into, into effect. We are saying that land would remain owned by this foreign national, but it will never ever be sold. We are talking about that now, um, the urban land. Yeah. Now, when it comes to to agricultural land, in terms of farms and things like that, those farms the foreign nationals are are going to be given a certain period of time to 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 to, to give. 50 plus 1% of the ownership to Namibians. That's how we are treating it. But for, as far as urban land is concerned, those are your property, your malls, and your what. That's where this so-called investment argument comes in. You say, okay, now you, you are going to keep this land in an urban context, in a property market con- context, as they argue. But you are not going to, if you die, this land would not go... To anyone who's not Namibian, you mm. understand. So you are the you are the last foreigner to own this land. It cannot be transferred to uh, to an, any other foreigner.
0: Okay, thank you so much for your time. I really appreciate it. That is Dr. Job uh, Shipulolo Amu, Amubanda, who's an activist and political science senior lecturer at the University of Namibia. Your thoughts zero six one four one zero four one zero seven, and you can also tweet at Alderan Simpia. This is part A of that conversation. We'll have part B next week.